DCQ video, what do you want? What's your favorite Christmas movie? Mm, that movie with uh, Laurie Strode in it. What the f***? Christmas with the Cranks? Fine, fine. Black Xmas. She's my family now. Ugh, that costs extra, dude. Did you check the back door? Mmm, the back door is always checked. Hello? Hello? Oh, I didn't even get his number. It's equally valuable. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. We all go a little mad sometimes. No, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be. Welcome to the Carpenter Queens podcast, coming to you live from the TCQ video store, where you can pick up the best and worst in horror for only 69 cents a day. Welcome in, fellow queerdos. Hello, there is a 30% chance that I'm already gay. I'm Nick. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm the ghost of Christmas past who won't let you forget about that one time in the Christmas play in third grade when you barfed all over Stacey. My name is Raymond. Hello, everyone. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome in our little Christmas elves to our third week in our Sleigh Bells month. This week's recommendation is an eggnog fueled catfight extravaganza of a film. But before we can begin decking the halls, we must introduce this month's lovely guest. Dropping by the store to pick up a shift is the ever fearful and frightfully hilarious duo. Please welcome to the store, Sergio and Cody from the Horror Bandwagon. Hey guys. Oh, we gotta harmonize that. Ready? Oh, oh no. Three, two, one. <laughs> hey. You oh my god. <laughs> that means we're not meant to be together. Oh my god. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, hi. <laughs> Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so freaking stoked to have you in the store today. This is one of the ones I was super excited for. You came in a great month. We love the horror holiday subgenre, if you could not tell. Mm-hmm. Today. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> the store is fully decked out. I mean, I gotta say, I gotta say, I gotta br- I gotta expose you a little bit. I I I do. I think you are responsible for blockbusters, you know, decline. Like you obviously are. Like you literally, I mean, everybody's I'm in the nostalgia blockbuster. Oh my God, I need it back. Well, you guys are it. Like that's it. You knocked what them out of the <laughs> I will gladly take that title. People come for the cheap flicks, but stay for the two queers fighting. It works every time. (laughs) It's what we need. It's what America needs. (laughs) For our lovely listeners, please tell us a little bit about your show. Absolutely. So the horror bandwagon is pretty much a podcast uh, where me and my lovely fiance, Cody, uh, pretty much I take Cody on this ride on trying to love horror. Okay, he's not much of a horror fan. He's very much of a scaredy cat. And so each week we introduce him to a new horror movie or anything horror spooky related Mm -hmm. and try to get him to love it. And I uh, respectfully pick it apart. (laughs) (laughs) No matter what, he breaks my heart constantly. (laughs) But sometimes they end up liking him. My favorite episodes are the ones where you don't. Those are my favorite (laughs) (laughs) Well, there are certainly plenty of those. (laughs) You need a differing of opinions because if you just like everything, where's the fun in that? Oh, it's true. Listen, we started this podcast when it it was just us 
watching horror movies and tiptoeing around it. There have been times where Cody has full on said, I can't do that. I can't keep watching. This is too scary. <laughs> and so I was like, this is perfect. Let me let me put this on recordings and send it out weekly. This is great. <laughs> Yeah, because now I don't have the eject button because we have to publish it. So can't just be like, and this is where I stopped watching. Sergio, you can handle the rest. So a little B, a little BTS um, here, exclusive for the Carpenter Ooh. Greens. Um, there are moments where Cody would go in on a movie and I would literally have to be like, you know, like that's a horror favorite, right? Like, <laughs> I just, I would just want you to know that that's a horror favorite. And he's like, no, I give it a two. I hate this movie. Would never watch it. And I'm like, oh my god. You're like the horror community is gonna come for us. That's really I was like my poor, my poor uh, Beyonce right here. Like he's he's got, but luckily it's been good. It's been good. Oddly <laughs> enough, more people agree with you. <laughs> I get the people what they want. What can I say? <laughs> so to get into the holiday spirit, I thought we'd play a wonderful round of Would You Rather Holiday Edition. And All let's right. see which one we're going to pick today. Would you rather chug a gallon of eggnog or eat a whole gingerbread house? Can I ask clarifying questions? How old? Jeez, oh my God. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go, like, folks. How old is the gingerbread house? This ain't fear factor. <laughs> <laughs> is it like last year's that you dug out of the closet? <laughs> just blow off the dust <laughs> um i'm gonna go with a, at least two days old it's definitely hardened hmm. my vote i mean my vote is still no matter how old it's still gingerbread house <laughs> why did you I ask how old it was <laughs> it, it just it just makes it more fun i uh i love eggnog but i feel like chugging a gallon would would not end very well you can never come back from that <laughs> i see I have I have to disagree with you. One, gingerbread houses are like super dried up most of the time. They get hardened really quickly. So I'm not gonna break my teeth on that. I mean, granted, <laughs> I do brush my teeth. They're not like brittle, but like. <laughs> but I also I am in the small percentage of people who love eggnog. I do love eggnog. I will consume it bring it in a shot glass in a tub i will have eggnog so i can chug it is that weird <laughs> no, see in my in my head canon though you're i'm like i'm breaking off the gingerbread and then dipping in the eggnog which i can drink at my own pace okay i like that she's got a tactic <laughs> <laughs> i'm absolutely going nowhere near that eggnog like i, I just, like that is not happening for me you got the wrong queen i'm gonna eat the whole gingerbread house i don't care how long it's gonna take me or how many teeth i lose i am not going near that eggnog i am gonna have to agree i hate eggnog i'm no! in, in the percentage of people who hate eggnog and every year when this time of year rolls around and i just get so grossed out by seeing that huge jug of the devil's nectar in my dairy <laughs> section and then so i will 100 take the gingerbread house i'll do like what they do at those hot dog eating contests where they just break off pieces and dunk it in the water and shove it in their mouth oh just like go i'm gonna eat it as fast as i can <laughs> All right, well then call me the eggnog queen. I'm coming for you guys. Because <laughs> you know, you you guys, you know, go away for a whole year, then come Christmas. I'm like, I'm back, bitches. I'm the eggnog queen. <laughs> All right. Oh, wait a minute, bitches. Which would you rather hear on repeat for 12 hours? Mariah's All I Want for Christmas is You or Jingle Bells? Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. I, don't, I don't even think I have to think about this for a second. 
Uh, okay, you go first. Okay, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna out myself here. I love all I want for Christmas is you. It's like the first thing I listen to every Christmas season. It is. Uh, I'm probably like half of that platinum uh, single status that she has. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm all about it. I'll, I'll listen to it straight for 12 hours on my own. So <laughs> For fun. Um, I'm going to say, well, one, it's going to be all I want for Christmas. <laughs> I re- I, it's, it, that's off the bat. But I'm going to make my my answer long-winded here. Jingle Bells, I mean, is there... Does it go with like any certain version or just overall? Because I think I know where you're going with this. Because <gasps> there is one version <laughs> of Jingle Bells that kills me every single time. So Barbara Streisand has a version of Jingle Bells that is wild, that is chaotic. But at the same time, I love it and I can't help but listen to it. It's the one where she's like all over, like the the, the timing changes like constantly. Do you guys remember this one? Mm-hmm. No. It's Are the one where it goes... Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way. Like literally it just goes like da, 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 da. Oh, that sounds like familiar. What is that? It is. Oh, geez. Oh, it's America, America. Story. Story. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have musical guests on the show, finally. <laughs> <laughs> God. God, no. We literally had an argument this morning about <laughs> musicals. Why? Ray likes some musicals, can't do Uh-oh. all musicals. I, however, bring them on, baby. I love I them. Love I love so, them. Horror bandwagon trivia, more times than not. Not exaggerating more than 50% of the time. But halfway through a horror movie, Sergio looks to me, he says, I think this would be a good musical. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me started. Black Esmus, the musical. Mm-hmm. I would gag. I would be in line. Yay. What is your answer, Ray? Oh, fuck, uh, man. That is a hard choice. Uh, I guess I'll have to go for Mariah as well. Yeah, the lesser two evils. Wait, do you not like Mariah's All I Want for Christmas is You? Is that? No, I do. I just oh, don't okay, want to okay. listen to it for 12 hours on repeat. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot that aspect of it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, give it to me. I don't mind listening to it, but not for 12 hours on repeat. I'm going to fucking gouge my ears out. <laughs> I, I feel like it would be sacrilegious and uh, the queer community would come after me if I didn't pick Mariah. So it's going to be Mariah. Mariah is all around. <laughs> we passed the test. We can continue being gay. <laughs> You'll receive your membership card in the mail. <laughs> for this week's recommended rental, double check the doors are locked. Be sure you're on Santa's nice list and absolutely do not answer the phone. It's time for the holidays and someone is making a surprise visit. Listeners, it's time to explore 2006's Black Xmas. And now, our feature presentation. Listeners, this Christmas nightmare is only available for streaming through Tubi. (laughs) Besides that seller site, you have to rent or purchase this one. All right, so before we talk about the movie, let's head on over to... 420, which is smoking. Did we partake for this week's festivities? Ray and I are always stoned on the job here at TCQ Video. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Thank you. Uh, we we did not smoke, but we did drink. Mm-hmm. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yes! Any kind of inebriation we like. Mm-hmm. This I have a, I think this is a movie to be some sort of inebriated. Absolutely. Oh, I, <laughs> I would not watch this movie. sober. For this week, uh, I smoked to match. Uh, what's his name? What's the main character? What's the killer's name? Billy. 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 
to match Billy's in complexion. I got some pre rolls. They are <laughs> lemon yeah. fuel OG. Mm. Boom, 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 boom. Fuzzies. This week, uh, I picked up this week because I finally found some time. It is the holidays. I have to absolutely pick up if I'm going to survive in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but I started smoking my new cartridge of mimosa. Super tasty and very on brand for keeping with the citrus stuff. Lemons and oranges, they just go together. Wow. When did you, first, either of you, first hear of this movie? I heard it through my wonderful fiance. Oh, the podcast is working. <laughs> 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 Had you seen this one before, Cody? No, not well. We talked about. We saw, we we saw it once, two years ago. Yeah, and that was before that was, that was, Yeah, that was the first time that I saw. It. That was back when it was just. Uh, we, we would watch, we would have Sunday scaries. Every Sunday we'd watch a scary movie. Oh, so, uh, so cute. <laughs> and and, and that, this was one of them, I think, for, for Christmas. Um, I I mean, girl, I saw it on Christmas Day. I, in theaters. Yes. I, I went on, tw- on the 25th. I, to- I told my mom, I was like, uh, listen, because we celebrate uh, Christmas on Christmas Eve. So we mm-hmm. like party, get mm-hmm. drunk all the way until like midnight. We, Everyone's like, literally, I remember being a kid being like, mom, we need to open presents. And she's like, drunk. And so I'm like, eventually Merry she Christmas, does. Merry Christmas, mijo. <laughs> yeah, and she makes me dance with her. And I'm like, okay, no, 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 no. We need to open <laughs> presents now. But the next day, I mean, obviously I was a little older now, but the next day I told her like, I'm going to the movie theaters. I'm going to watch Black Xmas. And I saw it, I saw it there. I was, I was happy. <laughs> Did she go alone? No, I think my brother came with me, actually. Nice. Yeah, yeah, my brother came with me. Because I, this came around the time of House of Wax, right? Maybe House of Wax was the year before, I think. I think oh, after. Yes, absolutely. This is the early aughts when there was just remake after remake. Much like now, we're getting a revival of all of that now. That was the time where my parents would buy me, be my, me and my brother the tickets, and we would just go and watch. Because <laughs> they were be all like, radar. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, how did you hear this one? Uh... I I remember this uh, obviously like being a blip on the remake radar of the early 2000s because it was just remake after remake and it was club, another club, no sleep, remake. So I, I remember this like popping up and I actually didn't watch it because at the time I hadn't really dipped my toe into niche like holiday horror. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't get around to watching this until like years later. Actually, I think I want to say you were the first one to show me when you moved out here to LA and you were constantly, and we're gonna say this for the whole fucking episode, okay. constantly quoting this movie of <gasps> She's my yeah. And so he would always <laughs> say this when we were living together. I was like, what the fuck? I don't know what the meat that means. <laughs> and so we, we finally like, I think we did like a double feature. I think we watched like Black Christmas, the original 1974. And then we watched this one. And after we watched this one, I was like, I'll save my feelings. But I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so before we dive into the behind the scenes feature, I just quick trigger warning for this movie. Anyone? Oh, Yes, this movie deals with rape, it deals with incest, it is a wild Christmas movie, I will just state that. Also spoilers, because if you didn't figure that out, I we spoil all the time. 
listeners, this is a ride. We literally were like, oh, we got this movie. Yes, we caught it. And I'm like, by the way, <laughs> major trigger warning to everybody watching right now. Proceed with caution. Uh, exits, find your exits. Leave right over there. <laughs> so let's check out the VHS special features and find out how this movie was made. Black Christmas or Black Xmas. Extreme. <laughs> Released December 25th, 2006. It has a runtime of depending on your cut, an hour 35, hour 32, hour 34, or hour 36. Whether it's cut or uncut. Ah! <laughs> I was going to follow that with something, but I just awkwardly ended it right there. Like, it. We love both, sis. We do not discriminate at this store. <laughs> Speaking of this material, it is rated R. Duh. The subject matter alone gives this movie its rating. Moving on to taglines. This holiday season, the sleigh ride begins. Terror is coming home for the holidays. On the 25th day of the 12th month, one man will creep around your house and leave no one alive. This Christmas, he'll treat them like Batman. I didn't realize how many taglines this goddamn movie had. I know. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, uh, is there any that stick out for any of y'all? Well, I mean, this is completely unrelated, but uh, I have to I have to say this. Um, no, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> He's going off script. He's going off script. I'm always going off script. script. So uh, something that Sergio gets to deal with on a regular basis is the fact that like random innocuous phrases will suddenly get a song, usually from a musical stuck in my head. And um, on the 21st day of the 12th month. Uh, oh, yeah. All I hear now is Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> because At the it, it opens with on the 21st day of the month of September in an early year of a decade not too long before our own they're suddenly encountered a I love these musical references this has become the quickest this- Christmas gayest episode and I love it <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um, I mean yeah there's a lot, a lot of taglines I mean mm-hmm. you can also trans- like convert this to like sweet nothings like how you were, you were saying it I was like this holiday season Slave right here. <laughs> Terror is coming home for the holiday. Oh I just learned so much about y'all. This is. I, sorry, I, I'm sorry. I can't top that. I can't top that. This you can't top anything. This is some long winded taglines. I don't really care for all of them. You're, um, you're never had... down for any tagline that's more than like five beats. If it's more than that, no, she stopped. A tagline is a tagline. It's meant to be simple, sweet, and to the point. It's supposed to get mm. your yeah. attention, and these are way too long-winded. Well, and they're they're like all over the place too. Yeah, this whole release to this movie, like the making it, the marketing, the release. I mean, this tagline section alone just tells you what kind of movie we're in for. <laughs> for this movie, <laughs> directed and written by Glenn Morgan, who is mainly known as the writer of Final Destination 1 and 3 and has a ton of producing credits attached to his name, right? Also directed the creepy rat film Willard in 2003. These are his technical <gasps> only two directors. This creepy thin man. Mm-hmm. Moving on to casting, we have, God, I hate you for this. You're Get welcome. ready for the who's who and brunette stars of the early 2000s. We have Katie Cassidy as Kelly Presley, Michelle Trackenberg as Melissa Kitt, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Heather Fitzgerald, Lacey Chabert as Dana Mathis, uh, Kristen Cloak mm-hmm. as Lee Colvin, 
Andrea Martin as Barbara yes. Miss Mac McHenry, mm-hmm. the only original cast member from the 1974 classic to reappear in the remake. Jan K. Crystal Lowe as Lauren Hannon, Jessica Harmon as Megan Helms, Leela Savasta as Claire Crosby, Oliver Jetson as Kyle Autry, Karen Conable as Billy's mother, Dean Friss as Agnes, and Robert Mann as Billy Lenz. This cast is so great. I love almost every actress in this cast. It's yeah. true. Come on, Harriet the Spy. <laughs> Come on, Harriet. I mean, I know. I mean, Harriet the Spy too, definitely. But Michelle Trachtenberg will also be uh, Dawn from Buffy the Vampire. Forever. Come on. I actually really like almost all the players. The only one that I feel like is like a little uh, is, and I hate saying it because I still love her in this movie, but out of the cast, I think it's Katie Mm. Cassidy. I was going to say that too. I think Katie Cassidy is not saying, not, you know, clocking her for being the only blonde, maybe the only blonde. Yeah. But then also it's just like, are we trying to say that like the blondes have to be the final girl? Because unfortunately she's not the final girl for me. In this movie, she's not my final girl, but... Can I ask who your final girl is? I feel like Michelle Trachtenberg should have been the final girl in this movie for me. I said I felt. Or at least made it further down than she she should have. I'm really interested to see what death you both got, because there's two different versions that you could possibly get from this movie. Oh my God, I can't wait. It's like a Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventure. So let's move on to reviews. We have an IMDb score of a 4.6 out of 10, a Metacritic score of 22 out of 100. AV Club, D, it's still passing. I will give them that. We have a Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> of a 15% and an audience score of a 38%. Do we Those agree with these scores? Brutal. Those are <laughs> brutal. Those are brutal scores. And I do not disagree. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It is brutal. I forgot when I was looking it up, like sometimes I would just like Google things on my phone while watching it. And I was like, oh wow, this is 38%. Jesus. All right. <laughs> Here we go. I have to agree with these scores. I have to agree with these scores. This this script is wild and off the walls. And the cinematography is wild and off the walls. So given the time period and what, what was in theaters and what audience may have been expecting, especially considering that this is based off of, in my opinion, a like, horror classic like black oh absolutely this is like a total 180 almost from the original source material so if you went in expecting like an actual remake a reimagining of this this is like this strays pretty far from the the source material absolutely and i would say that craziness sometimes very little times plays to its benefit and then it's just completely off the rails and i don't know where it's going choices were made but (laughs) It, I, I I don't think all of them were right choices, but sometimes they were for me. I don't know. <laughs> I feel the I'm same so way. Conflicted. I, feel so, I feel the same way. I I, I mean, I, I think the, the thing that like brings it down, just weighs the whole movie down for me is the is the incest side plot mm-hmm. that I think Ooh. if you could release oh, yeah. this movie with that, like that, that entire thing just cut out and never referenced and it would still, you'd still be able to watch it. When that it scene comes up. complete sense. And... Yeah. yeah. I mean, when that scene comes up, you're kind of on like, a, okay, okay. <laughs> what? 
completely stop and then it's just like <laughs> like we're gonna go forward but we, we gotta okay <laughs> <laughs> that's my reaction to this movie live reaction right now <laughs> I, I completely, completely agree. But I, I have to say that the moments that I really enjoy kind of like overshadow that, I honestly kind of forget sometimes, ugh, I can't believe I said that, of the incest stuff because I like the interaction between the actresses. So yeah, I love the interactions between the actresses. I love Lacey Chabert in this movie. She, she Oh my God, yeah. I love her character in this movie. I'm a sucker for like cat fights and that's what this energy wants to give. But like, that's so true. Uh, at the same time, I felt like every character, like the, our main, you know, cast mm -hmm. here, like our sorority girls and obviously the, the house mother, but all of them gave me like total like bitchiness, but like not like the bitchiness where I'm like, girl, I'm on your side. I'm like, <laughs> like, I totally get you. Like, I'd say the same thing. Like, I, you know, it's, like you could have easily made all of them pretty bad. And of course, maybe like so uh like Cody may say like, like these are bad characters. But for me, for me. No, I I liked I I liked all the characters with like two exceptions. Oh, but I <laughs> but, and and my, my exceptions are not any of the girls in the house. Um, <laughs> but I I I agree. I mean, I think like it the the acting among the girls was all really good i yeah. like they they were that like you know you you fight and knit and like pick at each other but like you're still sisters at the They're end like of the day besties. like yeah that that was like the energy i was getting from them i thought that they like interacted really well on screen my one favorite quote uh, where uh, she was like i don't have it's, i think uh katie cassidy said like i don't have my sister or like i don't like my sister's not here or some oh no no um the lead guy, who's uh, no, not the lead guy, but like the main love. Oh, interest. Kyle. Kyle saying, like, your sister's not here, or you don't have a sister. Claire's sister goes, like, yeah, she does. And I'm like, in the most dramatic way, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, she does. Yeah, she <laughs> does. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> For our production, we have a budget of an estimated nine million. We have a box office of a grossly worldwide income of 21 million. Not enough to make a ripple. This is when a moment when everything was happening. It doesn't surprise me. At least you made your budget back, girl. <laughs> Some profit. So for our <laughs> scripts, the classic 1974 film Black Christmas was ripe for a remake during the reboot craze of the early 2000s. Production company Dimension Film sought out director Glenn Morgan, who had just finished doing the well-done remake of Willard, although it was considered a box office bomb. Because of that bombing and this bombing, he actually stopped directing. He said that this was the end of his directing career because of these two movies bombing. No. Wow. It's very unfortunate. And I feel really bad because you can see where he was going because being a huge fan of the original slasher, Morgan conceived the new script to give Billy, the killer from the 1974 film, a bigger backstory when remaking the film. He really loved the material. And I feel like we might've gotten some interesting stuff if we didn't get enemies of the pod, the Weinsteins involved. Morgan would receive input from original director Bob Clark, who signed on as an executive producer to mold this new origin story, as well as being inspired by real life serial killer, Edmund Kemper, who was also known as the co-ed killer. Kemper, who was locked in a basement of his home by his mother as a child, would later murder his own mother and six college students. He would be the new basis for Billy's story and you can totally tell. Yeah. It makes so much sense now that you say that. Mm -hmm. It is the like story I, of I Billy. I see it so much. It is the story of Billy. Mm -hmm. There is 
it's disturbing. This isn't a true crime podcast, so I won't get into it. But uh, Edmund <laughs> Kemper is his story is wild. I would definitely like research him if you want to. He's also in an incident of incest where I think he pulled this from. Why not? I just don't wow. get why that has to be a plot point. I don't know either. It's Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so a quick spoiler alert. The plot line of having two killers is up for debate. Morgan has stated different reasonings as to why we have a second killer. One source states he was inspired and wrote it himself. Another states it was pushed by our least favorite people on the show. Please welcome to the stage enemies of the pod, <laughs> the Weinsteins. <laughs> we will get to them in a minute because they are always a problem. Yeah. Because they really put their foot in there this time. <laughs> Moving on to I'm going to see how many one-liners we can say in this, in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to production. Black Christmas was shot on location in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. In an interesting turn of events, they would shoot the flashbacks first with the house looking dilapidated and broken down, complete with peeling wallpaper, and then shoot in order of the flashbacks and make it look worse as the time went on, then spruce up the house for the present day shoot. Shooting was going all well until the Weinsteins. Fresh off the success of the torture porn era, films like Hostel and Saw were seen as the new way to do horror. They would demand in traditional fashion, more gore and more violence, including a, sh a scene where Michelle Trackenberg is pulled down the hall by her eyes gouged out, but their meddling would unfortunately not stop there. So I want to ask, which Michelle Trackenberg death did y'all get? We got, it's the one where like, Ag I think it was Agnes who threw the ice skate and chopped off like half of her scalp. Yes. And then she died that way. Oh, so, uh, so I'm guessing this is what's in the unrated version? You can see it in the unrated version. Which one did you get, Ray? Cause I got- Unrated. Did, I have the unrated one too, but I had the skate. See, this is <gasps> such a mess. What? It's I remember seeing the skate, but I could have swore I saw her being dragged down the hall by her eyeballs. Now explain that to me. So is it like bam and then scrap, uh -huh. or is it bam and then? It's bruh. more like a Michael Myers push in, scoop out, and then they uh, yeah. pull the skull by the tendons. Ah, ah, ah. But oh, will, okay. But will the optic nerve hold up to that kind of tension? I don't no, think so. But this is a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> also, I know this isn't a visual medium, but I think you might have to put this somewhere so people know what, what we're saying. <laughs> I, well, it's stated. When we do this and this. <laughs> it's a mess because okay so let's just the mess let's talk about the mess originally the film had an ending with an homage to the 1974 film having kelly and lee in the hospital receiving a call from billy or an ending with billy dying on a hospital table after being burnt alive or there would also be another two endings with kelly leaving the hospital with her parents or another ending with billy being alive and then escaping into the walls of the hospital all of these would be scrapped on Bob Weinstein's demands. It would ultimately result in the violent conclusion of Billing being paled on the hospital's Christmas tree topper. But due to all of this involvement, there would be a ridiculous amount of cuts done to the film. Depending on where you are located, there are different versions of the film. There's a European version with four minutes shorter, and there's a feature of different an ending compared to a US version. So 
depending on where oh you're God. listening to us. I don't know what version you watch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> on top of all of these changes, the Weinsteins oversaw additional footage in Los Angeles that was only for the promotional material. The trailer includes clips and scenes from non-existent scenes. One includes Lacey Chabert being dragged through the snow. Another one of a footage of some random woman falling from a roof. Some odd lawnmower electric Christmas light saw trap thing. See, I was that a lawnmower? Because I took that, this is like me growing up in farmland. I took that as like a uh, like harvester, like that big thing that like, that that like bales. Girl, why would they she... have a harvester? <laughs> That's, what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was wondering. But it looked too big to be a, like I didn't even think lawnmower, because it looked like it was like going over somebody. Maybe it was a lawnmower, and I'm just. It could be anything. It could be anything. Because there's also a random woman finding a floating random woman beneath the frozen lake, and not to mention Michelle Trackenberg aiming a shotgun and saying "Merry Christmas, mother." into the cameras and none of this none of this is in the final film and only used for the trailers and tv spots listen i used to be obsessed with trailers i was still i was the i was the kid oh yeah still am but like i used to be the kid who when freddie versus jason came out and freddie versus jason had a website and on the website you went to go see the trailer and i had to wait until my page loaded right and then also, I have to wait until the whole thing buffered. Listen, my internet was not good. <laughs> so I have to wait until the whole thing buffered. So I would have to go back to zero, wait until until like 10 seconds in. Then it stopped there, buffered, go back and watch it. I was dedicated to trailers. So when I tell you that I've watched the Black Xmas uh, trailer like a thousand times, I did. And I was like looking forward to everything that was shown in that trailer. Like everything you just described, I was like, oh my God, this looks freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. And none of it was in it. I was so upset. I do remember being like, I'm pretty sure Michelle Trachenberg at some point says this. And also, isn't there like a woman on the ceiling and she's like walking yep. and mm -hmm. the camera's like underneath? Like, where was that? I well, was, and and it was also like it was a very supernatural thing where like it was uh, it was like a lightning strike and then she was just there all of a sudden. Very Michael like, Myers. It, just like it's yeah. I I wonder if like this is part of why the movie didn't do well because not only was it constantly being cut and cut and recut, but like also people went in expecting to see an entirely different movie <laughs> and they left the movie having seen. Yeah. It was sad. It's very <laughs> sad. And this is not the first time we've talked about a Weinstein debacle. Like they're constantly some up to something. And this, I feel like is so unfortunate because I really want to see what Glenn Morgan had in mind. I, for yeah. I forgot to mention uh, the original director, Bob Clark. Yeah. The original director, Bob Clark. Did you know he also directed Black Christmas? Besides that, he also directed one of the most famous Christmas movies of all time, A Christmas Story. Oh, yeah. Which is why in the movie, you see the lamp leg in the sorority living room. I just, it, oh, oh. look at that. Look, learning new things every day. <laughs> it, this just sucks. I wish I could have seen what Glenn Morgan had in mind. Yeah, it seemed like he had a good grasp on, on things. And the endings that you described, I was I wouldn't be mad. The ending that I got, did we get different endings? I, I got the impaled one. I got the, the tree impaled. impaled one. One. I hope we didn't yeah. get different endings. Yeah, we all got. I just felt like that ended so abruptly, like mm -hmm. it was just like death, and then just like fade out. <laughs> I'm like, okay, and, you know, we're just and not to mention that's 
probably not what would have happened. No, 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 no. All right. But also, but, I just, by that point, I needed the movie to be over already. <laughs> Truth. It did, it did, like, we didn't, we could have cut that part out. Like, we, we could have ended the movie. There was like, a lot, there was a lot we could have cut out. There was a lot we could have cut out of this movie. This one hour 36 runtime feels way longer than it actually is. And I think it's because mm-hmm. of the way this movie's mm-hmm. cut. And uh, we'll talk about that. But my last fun fact, because I'm a sucker for a fun fact. The core mm-hmm. characters are named after famous singers who sing Christmas songs. Kelly Presley is equal to Elvis Presley. Melissa Kitt was named after Eartha Kitt. Dana Mathis is named after John Mathis. Claire Co- Crosby is named after Bing Crosby. And Heather Lee Fitzgerald is two singers, Brenda Lee and Ella Fitzgerald. Oh my God. Fun. Mm-hmm. Did we ever actually hear their last names like in the movie though? Like, I just, I, I feel like if you're going to do something like cool like that with the names, like find some excuse to put it in there. Right. Instead of just like making people find out like, oh, that's her name in the credits. Oh, that's really good. It could be the script. It could be the edit. It's probably books. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? So before we begin, let's head to commercial. We'll be right back after these messages. Our movie opens at Delta Alpha Kappa, a sorority house on Christmas Eve. We get close-up shots of potential weapons, scissors, a corkscrew, a snow globe. Oh God! But it's just our, (laughs) but it's just our first character, Claire, doing some last-minute gift wrapping while enjoying a nice glass of wine. We get a reference to the original Black Christmas when she's startled by some dry cleaning bags flowing in the wind. When she sits back down to continue wrapping, she realizes her pen has gone missing. Just then, someone throws a plastic bag over her head, suffocating her, then stabbed her multiple times in the head with her own pen, and we cut to our title card. Can we talk about this for a second? I... Oh, yes. (laughs) I I don't know about you, but if I was alone in my room and I see movement in the closet... I, I would get up and I would walk over. And then what I would not do is immediately turn away and walk away. I'd be like moving stuff to the side. I mean, cause it, there was somebody in there for sure. <laughs> she was drinking wine. She could have been a couple glasses in. She's, she's feeling the Christmas spirit. She's feeling like, oh, it's a holiday spirit in the room with me. Or you would do what I always did as a kid because I hated like when the AC made things move in the closet. Just shut the door. Doors open, you just shut it. And if there's anyone in there, you at least have the warning of them opening the door, right? True. Also, this was such a good way, and I'm not saying it's a like good or anything, but I'm just saying it was a good idea to save some money on makeup effects because just you know suffocating with a with a garbage bag, just poking holes in there. Yeah. I'd be like, all right, we didn't need to see any like cool stuff, but yeah, sure. <laughs> Suffocation is genuinely scared, like terrifying to me. Oh, so yeah. that that section still gets me. I think it's a gr- it's a great visual, but I also agree with Cody. I don't believe anything within this setup, but I also understand you got to pay homage to the remake that you're doing because I, yes. in my, my opinion, this opening and the phone calls are the closest thing to the original. At this is, is what you have, and I think this was like their permission to be like, okay. We did it. Now we're going to go off the rails. You happy now? You good? Okay, good. Here's your fan service. We're going to go off the fucking walls right now. It's exactly what they did. It's, I, uh, I I love the little homage to the first one, though, with the suffocating. Like, I 
I needed that because that first kill from the original movie is brutal in my opinion with the dry cleaning bag. It scared the shit out of me. It totally took me back like off guard. So when we get it in this one, I thought, in all honesty, even though it's meant to be more violent, it's kind of less violent in my opinion. What, this one? Yeah, I, I mean, I understand it's more violent because he stabs her in the head or they stabbed them in the head, but the suffocating to death from the original 1971 one is far more scary in my opinion. But I mean, I, I personally am a fan of the original Black Christmas. Mm -hmm. I like that it's not not off the balls crazy like this movie is, but I just like, <laughs> it's it's simple, it's eerie. It really is like the fact that I think the phone calls itself in the original one are like creepy, disturbing. I think they're actually scarier than this they're one. They're so scarier. Oh, yeah. The first one, they there's pig squeals in there. It doesn't sound human. It's extremely odd. But the fact that like for the, I mean, yeah, you get to, to the end and you really don't, a spoiler alert to anybody who hasn't seen the original one, but the fact that you don't really get a satisfying ending, you get like kind of an ambiguous one. You really mm -hmm. never know who like Billy is really. So I like that. Here we kind of get a little too much. You didn't need to say that. <laughs> yeah. Like, that could have just been something we we like. I think what the scarier part would have been is like if they talked about it, it was like his mother did this and incest. Show happened. don't it's tell. like, oh my God. And but no, we we got it all. No, <laughs> I fully agree. I think some of the weakest and weirdest parts are all of the ridiculous amount of flashbacks. The flashbacks take up, I think, at least like 25 minutes of this hour 36 movie. So you don't yeah. really get to develop your full relationships that you want with these, with all of these wonderful characters, the, the yeah. sorority sisters. I don't really like anyone else, like Cody <laughs> said. Like everyone else outside of like the core <laughs> cast is uh, irredeemable. But I, I, I like this opening. This opening is quick. She's simple. She paid the homage just so she can be like, okay, guys, we paid your service. You bought your ticket. Now get ready. <laughs> Honey. You've got a big storm coming. We cut to the criminally insane ward at Clark Sanitarium, where an employee is handing out the patient's holiday treats, sugar cookies, and a carton of milk. Halfway down the line, the orderly realizes someone snuck in behind him, Santa, who's actually looking for the children's ward. The guard at the end of the hall exclaims that this is no place for Santa, not on Christmas Eve. The name of the door is William Lenz, also known as Billy Lenz, a local town legend. The guard and Santa quickly give us a rundown on Billy and how he killed his entire family on Christmas Eve. Locked in the attic his entire life and tries to escape every Christmas Eve. In addition to the sugar cookies and candy canes, they also give Billy some chicken skin because it's the closest he'll get to how his mom tasted. <clears throat> Can we... I want to uh, talk about that really quick. I can't believe like this sanitary, like this place is like catering to Billy. They're like, you know wait, what? I was wondering that because I definitely said out loud, did Billy, was Billy the only one who got meat? Did anybody else get meat? But Cody was like very adamant that everybody got meat. I don't know that I would describe myself as very adamant. <laughs> <laughs> My 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 uneducated guess was that he was getting the same. I I didn't pick up on the you know it's the it's because it's the same thing that his that his mom tastes like which uh, totally get now having seen the rest of the movie. But <laughs> the thing that I picked up on here is that I mean number one random Santa, uh, it, it, um, whatever you gotta it's have Christmas. a Santa. Come on, it's a Christmas movie. But then, uh, why is Billy's room the only one with the lights in it? Thank you. I, I I wrote the same thing down. I'm like, why does Billy get? I feel like this is not a safe. This is a safety hazard. 
This is absolutely. Well, they're definitely were inside. Yeah, they were inside his room. So, so like in a in a sanitarium, I feel like you would not want to give somebody who is uh, potentially suicidal something with which to kill themselves, which you could totally use a string of lights to do. So I really don't get why he had them. I get that it was like a it was like a thing where you had to like keep having the flashing lights that reference back to Billy because it was like his Christmas tree when he was a kid. The tree that he died on in the hospital was like that. Like I get, I get it, but I don't understand. Like it, it's one of those things that like I like artistically it makes sense, and artistically is the only way in which it makes sense. Yeah, because the blinking lights are pretty artistically do make the room kind of more ominous where oh, it's just yeah. like blinking over and over again. Though I, we did say like, it seemed like throughout the whole movie, they could only afford lights that blink one or the other. Yeah. It seemed like that was throughout the whole movie. Like yeah. <laughs> they found a sale on them and they were like, let's go with it. I want to talk about it because you touched upon it. The lighting in this movie is too ridiculous for me. It's either red and green, red and green, uh, or, or way too dark. I can't see anything out yeah. of the good part of this movie. I'm just like, okay, this is, I, I'm going to say artistic choice. I hope. I could be. Uh, it's a We're choice. Giving them a lot of credit. <laughs> it's a choice. You can call it artistic if you want. I'm sorry. I'm going to be musical again. I was like, this is the story of of Ephaba. Like, this is like, it's not, this is it's wicked. Not, but it's up wicked. until story. to a point. Up until to a point. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is not about uh, someone with differently colored skin who discovered they have magical powers. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I want it to be. That's the problem. <laughs> the thing that I think I never understood, um, and I, I I don't want to skip too far ahead, but I, I'll, I'll but just, you are. That's what you're doing. I'll just I'll reference back <laughs> to this moment when we get there. But I don't understand, like, if he was if he was born jaundiced, and you know, some babies have jaundice, they actually treat it by sticking you under a special colored light to like give your skin the nutrients that it needs for your liver to digest it. But I, I could understand why someone who has like a liver disease that they're born with could just have jaundice that's not treatable that way. But I wonder if it's like, I feel like it would be treatable in some way that you're supplementing your body with the nutrients and that being in a sanitarium, they would give you the medical treatment to no longer be jaundiced. I don't know. I just, I, I call foul on the fact that he's still jaundiced this many years later. <laughs> but they didn't care though. That's the thing. These parents didn't care about him. No, the parents didn't care. But once he was in the sanitarium where they have an obligation to provide him medical care. Nah, the mom was like, mm, no, nobody touched state penitentiary. I don't know. I just, I, I don't buy it. Merry Christmas. Enjoy your plate of chicken skin. <laughs> <laughs> Next sister up is Kelly, whom we meet getting her hanky panky on with her boy toy, Kyle. He's trying to get her to spend Christmas with him, but she's got to be with her sister, her sorority sisters too. She kisses him goodbye and makes her way inside. After she leaves, Kyle gets a call from someone on his cell. We get a shot of one of Kelly's sorority sisters going off on the phone and she hangs up and throws it away or throws it. Kyle doesn't say a word and just hangs up his phone in unison. We meet the rest of the sisters inside, Melissa, Heather, Dana, and as well as the house mother, Miss Mack. The girls sit around acting pretty glib about the holiday while Miss Mack searches frantically for Billy's gift, Christmas gift so they can begin playing Secret Santa. I, I did kind of write down in my notes, like, I don't, I don't understand the significance of giving Billy a gift. Like I, I like I, I it's get tradition. Like, it's tradition. I, yeah, it's I know like it's. Urban... I know it's tradition that it's like. I, I guess it's like a leave the leave the present out so Billy just takes the present for Christmas and then. It's leaves. like leaving the cookies for Santa. 
maybe. <laughs> Cody's not buying it. How did it start though? Like who one year was like, you know what? You know what? I mean, not only are we having this sorority house in uh, in a, an actual murder house, but also uh, let's leave let's leave a, a a present out. It'd be fine. I I want to be there for that conversation. Sisters, sisters, <laughs> sisters, listen. <laughs> I have a totes great idea. Listen to me. I have the talking <laughs> stick. Oh my god. I don't get the tradition either. It's such a weird, morbid detail that's not necessary, but. I, I kind of weirdly believe that this sorority would develop some awful tradition like this because Mrs. Mac oh, yeah. is so for it. I want Miss Mac at every single Christmas party. You know, oh, she I love the party. her. Mm-hmm. I would be the, the person at this party being like, can everybody shut up? Miss Mac is trying to say something. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't see Miss Mac without seeing her character in my big fat Greek wedding. I knew it. I'm sorry. I love her. Like the actress as well. Yeah, like she's so good. I, I was just living for, for her character too because she was the only one making all the like good, smart, intelligent decisions this whole movie. Honestly, and she was punished for it. Damn. I understand that this movie has a big deal with family, but everybody in this movie, you're gonna say it a lot, is Kyle says it to Kelly when they're in the car, I'm your family now. Like everybody has a ridiculous amount of lines of I'm your family. I am your family. Look at me. Look at me. I am your family. watching the movie. <laughs> I am your family now. <laughs> I mean, listen. But at the same time, we have to we have to talk about Kyle. Kyle is a Do shady we? bastard. He's so shady. He is. I, he's annoying. He is annoying. He's a red herring through and through from yeah. the jump. He's a f- red herring oh my god (laughs) (laughs) but they didn't do a good job at it though i was just like all right i guess he matters in some way like it feels very scream 2 we talked about it under scream 2 episodes yes it's like any chance they get they give somebody a quick zoom in on the camera Mm. they're they're a red herring because they do it <laughs> they do it to Lacey Chabert later when she talks about wanting to hit her sister with a hatchet. Yeah. Like, ooh, ooh, she could be the killer. <laughs> I want to bury the hatchet in her head. Come on, that line delivery was amazing. Let's talk about I love, girls. I love. Girls, girls, they're they're wonderful. How do you feel about this Delta Alpha Beta Omega? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they're there. It's another, I don't, you know why, listen. You're coming for the know. girls. I like organized religion, okay? You know how I feel about organized religion. So oh my goodness. I just, you know, wash my hands of the whole subject of sororities and fraternities. I, I understand. I don't get that world. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't get either. that world. But but also, like, why are they the, the that sorority house is, is, like, nearly full. Every single other house on the block is empty and locked. They make a point of that later. There's nobody else there. Why is everybody here? Because they got family issues. <laughs> Claire's, Claire's sister showed up. Well, they got some problems too, okay? They got to figure shit out. I, I mean, listen, Mary Mary Elizabeth Winstead is, yes. is iconic for me. I love her. She's amazing. She's a badass. Um, it is kind of sad that they gave her the role that they gave her because she is like the uh uptight uh, re- 
kind of I don't say like religious. So, wait, is she southern? Tell me right now, guys. Is she southern? Does she have a southern accent? Thank you so much. I was gonna fight over this, but it's just where does it go? It comes in, it stays for a second, and oh. then it goes away. Wait, who had an accent? I did, not hear, I did not hear a lick of it. I didn't hear a lick of it. There was no Southern accent there. She definitely had like a Southern, like Southern uh, Atlanta, twang. Louisiana twang. But, but only, only on certain words. Only on certain words. <laughs> what was she like? What was she like, well, my family. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I've seen this movie several times. I've not heard not even <gasps> a Stop it! Of an accent. No, 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 no. There is. Everybody go back, Google it right now. <laughs> it's there. I'm not going crazy. I it kind of feels like she did she made the decision to do the voice like halfway through production. She's like, you know what? My character's southern. I just feel like not even halfway through production, bitch, when they were doing pickups. She's like, you know, I think I'm gonna go for an accent this time. That's what I'm thinking though, with how messy they were. I I kind of feel like she was just like, is this my shit take? Okay, I'm just gonna do a southern accent. And they forgot to edit that out. Like, oh shit, they used that take. <laughs> because later on when they fight they also mention that her dad's like from nascar she's a southern it's yeah none of it is really explained they really do a bad job of giving us their backstories to everybody because yeah. they all say it in like a a like line to like give us what they're about and it's under their breath it's it's like it's, it's like uh, it's she, passing. She, she, she's a she's a southern bitch and then <laughs> <laughs> It was like, wait, what you what you say? Oh, okay. It's like she's southern bitch. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's so. Oh my god, wait, you're listening so to me. <laughs> I will talk shit about all these girls all day, but I love them. I love Lacey Chabert, Michelle Trackenberg are my MVPs in this movie. I do gotta say, uh, Liz, a, a lot of people shit on the black christmas from 2019 mm-hmm. i have to be honest i haven't seen it but um i will say i do wish there was a little bit more diversity in this cast mm-hmm. um i do love this cast i just felt like you know let's spice it up a little bit <laughs> that a little flavor Please, <laughs> some seasoning would be great i i agree i fully agree i also know that this is like 2000s like we were lucky mm-hmm. if we got anybody who ranged outside of like someone with a tan (laughs) (laughs) i agree i agree some diversity would have been nice but i I echo nick's sentiments where this was the early 2000s if you look at remakes like texas chainsaw evil dead russian evil dead had someone it was at the end yeah um yeah, that was... friday the 13th and if we did get a poc they were usually the token poc so yeah no totally absolutely yeah. the token poc in this one is a blonde <laughs> which is so interesting <laughs> look at them <laughs> oh my god back at the sanitarium billy has offered a christmas gift to the guard it's a small note on red paper that states i'll be home for christmas the guard goes to check on billy and discovers that the sink is knocked over and a small hole has appeared when the guard goes in to investigate billy makes his way from under the bed and stabs the garden in, in the neck with a sharpened candy cane billy makes a quiet getaway from his room I feel like there should be some sort of rule that you don't check on the cells by yourself. (laughs) I'm sure there is. I I wrote in my notes, my notes say, um, wow, comma, everyone who works at this hospital is really bad at their jobs. (laughs) For the guy going in, the guard going in on his own, the nobody notices 
an extremely jaundiced Santa walking out. <laughs> People walk past him. And like, in a way that like, you can see that they give him like a passing glance. And I do feel like you would have noticed walking out. But no one's going to be like, with a, hey. with a hand hanging out of the bag. When he throws oh, it in the, in the oh, trash yeah, can, yeah, yeah. there's a whole All ass right. arm just hanging out of this bag. I can't defend that. I'm sorry. I just look at how many people do we see him walk past like on camera, let alone the people that we don't see. I like there are so many opportunities for this to have not happened. Although I do are you talking think- about the movie or the scene because both. And I- <laughs> <laughs> my problem, my biggest problem with the script is the amount that it jumps. And I don't know if it is in the script written that way or if it was cut that way because we yeah. immediately cut back to uh aak or ack however you want to announce it kelly is a- <laughs> dak so dak whichever kelly is alerting all girls that it's time to open gifts she gets the cold shoulder from megan and it is revealed that she's busy trying to figure out what she's going to do now that her sex tape with kyle is online as megan sits and contemplates she hears dance of the sugar plum fairies playing from the attic Inevitably, she gets up to investigate. She makes her way into the attic only to discover the music is coming from a snow globe looking seemingly out of place in the attic. She makes her way further into the attic and sees Claire sitting in a rocking chair. When she tries to get an answer out of her, she's severely attacked from behind with the same treatment Claire got, but adding in a wonderful, severe eye gouging. We're gonna see a lot of it, everybody. Merry Christmas. Christmas like an eye gouging. (laughs) It's just what I wanted. I'm due for my eye gouging soon. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't she turn on a light? Are there lights in attics? I don't have an attic. Are there, at least the attic I grew up in, there were, well, not in. The, the attic in the house yeah! I grew up in. <laughs> <laughs> Someone just revealed their trauma. It did, it did, in fact, have a light. I feel like there were. I feel like there are lights in that attic, and, and they were not turned on. These the girls aren't going up to the attic to do things. Come on. It's true. <laughs> How do you feel about the eye gouging? Because it is very prevalent in this movie. I, I, I did not. I, I, I turned my face. I, I, <laughs> I didn't mind it. I, I like. I like a, uh, a killer with a shtick. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they have a hobby. <laughs> I, it's very visceral and I'm on the side with Cody that this is just, I have to, I wince every single time. I even, the <laughs> noise. Ugh, it, no. Yeah. Some great Foley design. Yeah, it's great Foley design right there. Uh, the drama, the drama ma of it all. How do you, as anybody feel about this odd subplot that really doesn't go anywhere with the sex tape? I didn't, I actually didn't catch on to it until maybe later on where I was like, oh, okay, that's what's, what's happening. Maybe I was a little too slow on it. Well, I mean, it, the way that they introduce it, like you, she doesn't seem upset that it's online. It almost like, it, it seemed like she was just like sitting there enjoying herself, watching herself. At first, yeah, I was like, oh, was, she's just was casually watching herself. Okay. And like, listen, if that's your thing, fine. I, 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 <laughs> I, I won't knock you for it, but like, I, I did not get when we first watched this that she was like, oh, fuck, my sex tape is online. Yeah, none of it none of it is clearly explained until they do too much explanation on parts that you don't need too much explanation on. Yeah, I didn't really care for this side plot. I think it was their, their way to kind of, uh, kind of like give a deeper meaning to all these characters. But I'm like, guys, you know what you are. Come on. It's not I this kind of hard more, movie. I thought it was just more of a way for them to reintroduce Kyle back into the mix. I could, that yeah, is probably. a possibility. Kyle would have shown his ass anyway. 
<laughs> we rejoined Santa back at the sanitarium who was trying to get jolly with the nurse. When Billy sees Santa trying to get under the mistletoe, he takes his chance and quickly kills him. Billy puts on the Santa suit, stuffing the dead body in the sack, making a semi-clean getaway after disposing of the body and the costume in the dumpster outside. Back at the house, the girls are trying to get the gift exchange over with. Miss Mac insists they open Billy's present first, that it's tradition. Heather finally admits that she picked Billy's name for the secret Santa and felt wrong in buying a gift for a serial killer. Lauren goes on this long-winded anecdote comparing the pagan holiday to the now Christian-washed holiday and how is it any different to what Billy did. Miss Mac dives into Billy's backstory and an ornate flashback. I like I, I'm kind of surprised that like we we took this much of a like aim at Christmas as a holiday. Oh, I know. I didn't I didn't mind this exchange. Like the exchange between uh Lauren and well, Heather. It it does really feel like exactly what I would have been like in college. Like, you know, this this isn't even like this is all pagan tradition that like Christians just took over so that they could get pagan people to worship God and convert them. That she took an anthropology like, class so... one time. And she's, like... <laughs> she's definitely giving that energy. <laughs> she's absolutely giving that energy. My favorite part about the whole energy is that Lauren literally does not not have a cup of some sort of alcohol in her hand. The entire movie. The entire movie. That is the holiday yeah. spirit right there. That and is all. Can, can we settle a debate actually while we're on the topic of the alcohol that she is drinking? There's a point where uh, they reference a tequila shot and it's not clear if she in fact was taking a shot of tequila, but whatever she took a shot of was very dark and did not look like tequila. I thought it was like Bailey's or something. No, because Bailey's Ugh. is like a like cream color. It oh. almost looked like it was like, 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 like a whiskey or like rum or something. It was a oh. dark color. And so I, I'm like, I, was this, in, in your professional opinions, was this a tequila shot or not? Because someone needs to check that tequila. I, I, don't, I don't know. I just need to say that Ray looks like we just like shot someone's dog. They're just like, <laughs> what? Alcohol, dark, what? I was more concerned with the fact that she chased it with her glass of wine. That was a lot. That was intense. Oh, that would have been me. I'm not anymore. But but at that at that time, I would have been like tequila. I think she was just being like, just give her tequila. Like in general, just give her alcohol and she'll be she'll shut up. You know what? I didn't even notice that. I, all I could all I could focus on was the wine. I was like, oh God, she really did that. <laughs> I noticed she took a shot. I didn't realize the what, but I knew she chased it with the wine and that's where I'd had enough with her. It was <laughs> before, before we go, fun little transition. A another thing that I'm calling foul on. <laughs> Something fun, I'm calling you I out. I, we, we do this on our podcast too, where, where Sergio is trying to go on. I'm like, no, I have something else in my notes. Hold on. <laughs> Miss Mac, and I know I understand some people are in the Burnt Marshmallow Club. I am not in the Burnt Marshmallow <laughs> Club, but she burns the hell out of that marshmallow, <laughs> and then uh, the and then she she eats it right off of the uh, right off of the the fork, which would totally have burnt the shit out of her lips. No, she didn't care. She's like. Billy used to live here. It was for dramatic <laughs> effects. She needed it. I am in the burnt marshmallow club. I would have eaten exactly like that, but I, unfortunately, I wouldn't have been able to tell a story because I would have done that. For <laughs> <laughs> I am also a member of the burnt marshmallow club. I am too. I, like I, I am a member of the of the lightly toast the marshmallow on the outside, <laughs> so that the inside is all evenly squishy. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> 
it's I've, thank you for bringing that up because it's one of my favorite shots because it's so odd. I don't need close ups of people's mouths, and we get a lot of close ups of well, people's no, mouths. Ooh. My concern was that it was like this full on poker thing that she's just put shoving in her mouth. I'm like, whoa, careful. She's experienced. She's versed in putting things. She knows what she's doing. Like, chill. I know what I'm doing. She's a legacy at Delta Alpha Kappa. Speaking of the Delta Alpha Kappa house, back in 1970, when it was still the Lens residence, Billy was born with a rare liver disease that left him with yellow skin and had parents who hated each other. Billy's mother hated him because every time she looked at him, she would only see his father. Billy's hatred for his mother grew with the years as she made his life miserable by telling him awful things and ultimately killing his father with an accomplice boyfriend. When Billy sees them burying his dad's dead body, they lock him away in the attic to keep him from telling their secret. And then we go back, like this is, I can't keep up. We go back, we go back at the house. We receive our first obscene, but not so obscene phone call. Kelly answers the phone thinking it's Kyle messing around, but realizes this is no joke. She tells the girl she thinks someone is in trouble and puts the call on speaker for all to hear. It's Billy imitating his mother and stepfather's voices and ends with him telling them to go outside. I'm going to kill you. They check the caller ID and see that the call came from fellow sister, Claire's cell phone. After a small tiff between Heather and Lauren about families and who's loved more, we're introduced to one last sister, Eve. She gives Heather her gift, a glass unicorn. Iconic. Iconic. <laughs> Seriously, I I love Ooh, that the glass unicorn or Eve because I'm feeling <laughs> Eve snatch pony and those thick Coke bottle glasses. She's doing it for me. <laughs> Come through. Yeah. And uh, and also, uh, she's like, well, oh, I, I know you like I know you like Bible stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite line. That's gotta be on purpose, because that was that's, that's <laughs> makes no sense. <laughs> Zero sense. I found a unicorn. Happy Bible Day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I did Google it, and certain translations of the Bible do mention oh unicorns, <laughs> but it's one of those. It's one of those things that, like, what other translations a- call it a rhinoceros, which is probably. So like, what you're saying is that she she did a deep cut. It was she deep, did cut, a deep, cut. <laughs> deep cut of the Bible. It's like just so you know, I know. I know. <laughs> this is the remix, baby, part two. The unicorn is back. So this is our first kind of real big flashback. The movie is going to keep going back and forth so many times. Oh my throughout God. This movie. It's, it's kind of jolting sometimes because the, there's a scene that something crazy happens and then we're back with the girls. So I want to ask, how do you feel about the, these flashbacks? I don't like this kind of storytelling just personally. Like, I don't like the, I don't like the constant, like, we have to go back and tell you a little more and reveal a little more. Like, I'd, I'd rather, uh, I'd rather just like either have people figure it out for themselves or like, give us one flashback to give yeah. us the background. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, every flashback after this, except for maybe the one where uh, Billy watches his dad getting killed and buried underneath the house. Every other flashback, I think we can get rid of. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I don't know that it really added that much to the story. Even like the, like the, I, I think, you know, my biggest problem with this incest storyline that we're about to get into is that it doesn't even go anywhere. Like we see Agnes at some point, but like, oh, it, it only explains who she is and it doesn't do anything to add to like, the the gravity of the situation or like her reasoning for being there yeah there's no there's no justification for what you just did obviously mm-hmm. in general just so you know like mm-hmm. we're 
yeah, yeah. So, but like overall, I, I, I really don't like the constant like back and forth and back and forth to flashbacks and real life and flashbacks mm-hmm. in real life. I, I think it was a choice. It's just not the one that I would have made. I was just fond of the girls. I was like, no, get me back to the girls. I want to know what's happening there because I feel like that's the real storyline that we're going about. And it's like we're gonna talk about you guys anyways during there. So I don't need to go back and forth. Uh, regarding the story your your guys are hitting the nail on the head absolutely freaking lutely cody hit it it's just the main the first flashback is probably the only one that we needed and that's all that i needed everything else just kind of becomes a just tell me don't show me because i it mm-hmm. becomes like a, a shock for shock value's sake and it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't flourish your script because all i care about is wanting to see these girls fight and you consistently cut me away from them. It's like, you're giving me like horror blue balls. It's like, this is great. I want more of this. And then mm-hmm. no, we're going with a wicked story. Um, but it does totally fit with like this whole, it was the the height of torture porn. And you just gotta like be as crazy as possible. And I feel like this was just added in to give that like grossness factor. And it just, it didn't, I, I, I don't think that that choice paid out. No. Absolutely not, because I think the other things that were during this time, and I'm only going to reference Saw and Hostel, but I I don't even consider Saw gory. If you go back and watch it, it's more of a thriller. So this was just trying to keep on trend, and oh, it first just one got anyways. first one anyway. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. First one anyway. <laughs> it's just to be it's just to be spooky ooky, and it just it's not fun. It's not fun. This could have been a lot of fun. We cut to another flashback from Billy's adolescence in which his mother rapes him and gives birth to his sister daughter. And then we cut back, back at the house. Eve makes a silent exit and the rest of the girls express their distaste for her. Heather heads upstairs to pack while the rest of the girls continue to open presents. Just as things get back to normal, they receive another phone call, but this time from Megan's cell phone. The cryptic phone call exclaims, my favorite, She's my family now. Everyone should be home for the holidays. The girls waste no time and they check on Megan and call security. When they make their way into Megan's room, they're scared by Kyle who claims he wanted to spend the night with Kelly and he wanted to sneak into her window, but it was locked. So he used Megan's window instead. But in reality, he was trying to delete the sex tape. The girls interrogate him about Megan and he ends up schooling the girls in the legend of Billy Lenz. That's pretty much how the movie treats the the rape scene. It's kind of like we're doing it, and then the, we're back at the girl's house. Yeah. It's really mishandled. It's really really bad. This well, is definitely the section where it's a little too much. Now it's like, oh, this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> no, know? no, we took a turn. If you at least wanted to, uh, if, if you at least wanted to, like weave it into the story somehow at least make it something like like it the setup was there for eve to be agnes and i i actually thought that that's where it was going when when we first watched it because it almost seemed too on the nose mm-hmm. because it uh it, it cut away from the mother being like she's our family now to eve <laughs> saying the exact same thing and so i was like is this where it's going? It it wasn't where it was going, but that's where like I thought it was going. Yeah, he was pretty adamant about that. He was like, "Oh, well, obviously, that's it's her." Me. Like, <laughs> you're right in the setup, and it's just like it's another scream feeling of like we're just gonna set this person up to be a red herring, and mm-hmm. maybe if they had wrapped that around with this incest thing, it might have worked. I don't think so because this movie feels like it's. It wants to go like a horror comedic route, but it just like never takes off. Yeah, it's it, if you're gonna do some messed up shit like this, do it in like 
passing people talk about it and it's like oh this is how fucked up it is it's like oh okay got it we don't need a visual yeah. we, just, yeah. we don't no. need to go into that into depth about it though i will say um she's my family now walked so uh evil dice tonight can run <laughs> <laughs> I will, let's not forget about she's my family now <laughs> I never want to relive Evil Dice tonight. That was <laughs> that was so much. That was so much. She's my family now. I quote that ridiculous amount, especially if I see like a hole in a wall somewhere. That's all my brain. <laughs> oh my god, that's perfect. And Nick sees a lot of holes in walls. I was waiting for. <laughs> we cut to another Christmas in Billy's life. The year is 1991, and Billy received a telescope for Christmas. When he spies the family across the street having a Merry Christmas, he decides to make his own. He makes his way out of the attic and snatches up Agnes, his sister daughter. He calls his mom on the phone, only saying, She's my family now. The parents search frantically for their daughter, only to find Billy's beating the shit out of her in the living room. He scoops out her right <laughs> eye and eats it. His parents intervene, but Billy stabs his stepdad in the eye with a tree topper, and then he chokes his mother to death with a string of Christmas lights. He drags her lifeless corpse into the kitchen where he beats her over and over with a rolling pin until her skin is nice and loose. Uh. Then he chooses his favorite Christmas shapes and stabs them into the back, making skin jerky Christmas cookies. The police arrive on the scene, able to help Agnes and discover Billy in the dining room eating the cookies made from his mother's skin. Billy is committed to the Clark Sanitarium. Back at the house, Lee, Claire's sister, has come looking for her. She explains how she's a legacy, but only attended for less than a year. After everything she says to the girls to prove who she is falls on deaf ears, she uses Billy, saying she sees that Billy still gets a gift, but that Billy gifting the house was a new twist. Miss Max says that the gift wasn't there before, and they all reluctantly open the, open the gift. It's a baby doll. Back in Megan's room, Kelly is trying to figure out what happened to her, and Kyle is trying to hide the laptop from her so she doesn't see the sex tape on the screen. When the power goes out, the laptop screen goes idle mode, and the screen is revealed, showing Megan and her boo thing bumping uglies. Kyle tries to explain himself, but it proves fruitless, and Kelly pops off and kicks him out. Billy's family's death. It kind of felt like they wanted to go a route of like, this is like, it, it reminds me of like a, an earned death of like, yeah, we want to see the mom die, but it's just, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, it's, I didn't need it. I feel like it probably would have worked better if Kyle just told the story plain out. Yeah, I think so too. Right. I, I agree with you. I also, I'm, I, and I, I thought that like when one person was on the phone, everyone else on the line could also just hear what is being said? Could Billy have called his own house from a phone in the house on the same line? I forgot about I that. I think so. If I'm not mistaken, if I can remember far back to having a landline, <laughs> I want to say, <laughs> I want to say, if you had more than one landline in your house, you were able to call the other one. Maybe I. You could. You could be right. I don't know. I. I. I thought I remembered it was the whole like, you know, once if you're like, if someone is on the phone, you pick it up, like you just hear the phone call because the line is being used. Mm -hmm. But this is true. Know. This is true. I don't know. It's been too fucking long. I don't know. <laughs> I think my favorite is just how she answers the phone. Merry Christmas. I said Merry Christmas. <laughs> For real. All of a sudden this bitch wants to be jolly when like not that many years ago, she was terrorizing her son on Christmas. Yeah. And now that she's got her own little, like, daughter incest baby, she wants to be all fucking jolly. 
they made her look terrifying. Oh my god! In this. They didn't need to do that. They didn't need to do that to her. <laughs> yes, they did. They just yes, they did. <laughs> Absolutely needed to do that to her. This whole scene is just a lot. There's a lot of gore. He perfectly gouges him in the eye. This is like our third like eye gouging from the dad. There's a lot of lights happening. It's just overload. It's just a lot of overload for overload's sake. Mm-hmm. Definitely a lot of overload um, on this. I, I have to disagree, though, with y'all saying that we didn't need to see this. I loved seeing this. I feel like this movie went for the extreme, obviously. Like, they were just going for it. They wanted it to be as over the top and, like, extreme, if you will to just sell tickets and <laughs> for it to be the movie that I want it to be in. I enjoy it. Like, hello, these fucking cheesy lines of she's my family now and this jaundiced skin <laughs> killer. Yes, please show me him beating the shit out of his mother with a rolling pin and then cutting cookies made out of his skin. Uh, yes, show me all of it. I want to see it in detail. Because <laughs> <laughs> from this flashback, immediately after that, we immediately cut back to the to the girls. It's a lot of whiplash in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot going on with both storylines right now. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. a lot of mixing with plots a little bit. But I mean, I'm with Ray here. I, I was confused. That's what I am. I am confused <laughs> in this moment because I want it to be like, yeah, yeah, do it. Oh, cookies, what? <laughs> <laughs> you get it, man, get it. Oh, too far, too far. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm like, I just can't forget that incest scene. I just I just feel like this is not earned. Just like you said, I just feel like it wasn't an earning of like, yay. But, you know, the horror lover side of me was like, this is awesome, you know? Yeah, I think I'm just in it for the gore. <laughs> Though, can we talk about Lee, like Lee's like entrance? It's my, it's, how could you not believe she was a legacy? The minute she walked in, I'm like, oh, oh you've, you are a sorority sister. You've, I mean, they I, gave her the angles. They gave her the angles. Uh, like, no, I a, no, I have a problem with the fact that they, she calls herself a legacy. She said she was there for less than a year. She was there for like less than a semester. You ain't no legacy, bitch. Yeah, yeah, she does consider herself one. Also, what year did she say that she was there? She did it. She A lady never reveals her age. Uh, <laughs> I, Cody's like, tell me right now. Me, how old is that bitch? Quickly. <laughs> I want to see the receipts. I mean, she looks good. I'm like, she, like br- bringing a new woman into the mix. I'm like, yes. I also didn't know that this was the, the teacher from Final Destination 1. I was like, mm-hmm. that's her? What? Oh, you didn't see Final Destination. <laughs> <laughs> we, we watched Final Destination 1. No, we watched Final Destination 3 because I, I love watched, Final Destination 3. I thought we watched I the love first Final one also. Um, no, I thought she was, she was snatched. She was lovely. Um, yeah. Lee, welcome to the club. <laughs> I just don't get the dynamic between Lee and... Claire, Claire, right? Because it's yeah. revealed that like they don't have a history, and that this was going to be their big like way to bury the hatchet and yeah. be in her sisters. The yeah, internet. I, exactly. <laughs> I think that this was like like because she mentioned that she and Claire were half sisters, mm-hmm. so I feel like this was like Claire was like she was an adult now. She like maybe only found out about her a couple years ago. They've tried meeting up before and it never worked well. So like she's she she just like she's like I'm an adult now and I can like we can be a family. That's all that I want. 
I think that that's what she was going for in inviting Lee. Well, she's also you were giving this script so much credit. Cody. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I feel like you doubt this movie so much, but also give it a lot of (laughs) (laughs) listen, my opinions do not have to make sense. Thank you. (laughs) She is supposed to be like the father for the father version in the original run, because there's a father who comes back and is looking for his daughter Mm -hmm. who's upstairs in the attic. So I'm only guessing like, oh, we have a part. There you go. You <laughs> Your sisters now. Yeah. No, this, I want to talk about Kyle's reveal and all the drama. I This feels like a oh, CW man. episode. Like this totally feels like a CW episode of like some drama ma going down. And there's this definitely like, One Tree Hill is going up in here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. My favorite part about the whole thing is that I love that the girls, the girls don't know why she's yelling at Kyle. It's never revealed to the rest of the girls, but they immediately, without thinking, yeah, you piece of shit, get the, get the <laughs> fuck out. My sister hates yes. you, get out. So I will say one of my favorite words is bitch. Like, I just love like, bitch, get bitch. Like, I love that word. But when Kyle says it, I mean, he obviously says <gasps> it and I'm like, you, you bitches. Mm-hmm. And, and I, when mm-hmm. he said, I was like. You need to leave. Uh-huh, <laughs> you were offended. <laughs> Excuse me? I, I was offended. Bitches. I was like, hold up, bitches. You don't know them. Like, <laughs> oh, well, he he went, he is just like, he's giving me such like angry townie. I'm never getting out of here. I'm just going to live in this college town forever vibes. But you're in their house. You're in their house. What are you you're doing? You're a miter. Yeah. Miter. Just calm down, public school, just because you peaked in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Although, can we also, did, did any of you notice what the screensaver was? On the computer, the right? Eye, wasn't it an eyeball? Yeah, it was an eyeball with with little wings, wings just floating around. Cody enjoyed that. Which is like, I mean, obviously <laughs> that was the only eye the in this movie he things. likes. But yes, it was. It's very AOL, and I was very, very on board for it. Back in Eve's room, Heather has discovered a small memory box seemingly belonging to Billy. The girls split up while Melissa takes care of a very drunk Lauren. Dana heads under the house to turn on the main breaker, but just as Dana makes her way under the porch, she's grabbed from the back of the head and gets a hand rage to the back of the head. The unknown assailant makes their getaway back into the crawl space. Back inside, Kelly gets a call on her phone from Dana and she's screaming for help, followed by, once again, she's my family now. The girls run outside to check on her when Heather sees Eve's car, so she checks on her. When they open her car door, her head comes rolling out. The girls all run back inside and Miss Mac claims, he's home. Miss Mac and Heather head out to get help while the others stay behind to wait for Claire. Miss Mac attempts to clean the snow off the windshield of a car while Heather waits inside. When the car begins to shake violently, Miss Mac catches a glimpse of a yellow eye in the window when suddenly the windshield is turned red with the blood of Heather. Miss Mac stumbles back in horror and backs into a gate causing an icicle to break off the roof and kill her. Kelly and Lee head out to investigate, leaving Melissa inside to fight off another killer. She uses her ski gear to fight them off but is eventually taken down by an ice gate to the back of the head. You have that version. Another version, she gets suffocated and then eyes gouged out and then dragged down a hallway. I lied earlier. This is the version I got because I wrote it down. (laughs) 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 She remembered. Uh, Things escalate very quickly at the tail end of this movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, the director probably was like, Oh, fuck. there's still, we only have 20 minutes <laughs> left. All right, everybody die right now. Go, 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 go. Choose your weapon of choice. This is kind of the pacing and the energy that I wish that was done throughout the movie, but the flashbacks halt it. 
the tones definitely were like all over the place. I needed it to be a little bit more consistent for for my liking. But I do want to know. I forgot her name. Miss Mac. What was her? What was her the actress name? Andrea. Andrea Martin, I believe. Martin. Yes. Um, I almost wanted to say Martellini, but that's too much. <laughs> I'm getting dramatic. That's her. That's her drag name. That's her, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how she felt during this whole process because she was there for the original. And I wonder wonder where they were like, so you're going to fall back and an icicle is going to just go right through you. All right. And she's like, well, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> like, is she that, deserved I wonder... better. She did deserve yeah. better. She told mm-hmm. So did Mary Elizabeth Winston. She's given yes. an off screen yes. 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 Off screen death. I think they started to like probably run out of money or time to shoot these <laughs> elaborate deaths. All tea, all shade. And so they were like, I mean, Miss Max's uh, death is still pretty elaborate, but she deserved better. Mary Elizabeth Winsett deserved better, but hers was off screen. Um, yeah. I do, however, love the line of when Miss Mac and Mary Elizabeth Winsett are both in the car and Miss <gasps> Mac hands her the brush to brush off the snow. She's like, well, what's that? She's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. She gets out the car. She's like, God damn spoiled brats. She's all sweeping yeah. the snow off of the window. Yeah. She calls her a pr- privileged bitch, frigid southern princess. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I mean, did, did you really expect a girl from the south, quote, a girl from the south to, to know how to brush snow off a car? Uh, well, and I expected the woman who chastised her for not knowing anything to know that at some point you got to use the scrapey end of that thing. Like, no, you, not just the brush. She's like, she brushes <laughs> and it's clearly just she's brushing off ice and she's trying and trying. And I'm like, girl, you just said you knew how to use it and I don't believe you. <laughs> the brush was from like 1921 when they were scraping ice off of horses. This doesn't work for like a windshield. <laughs> oh my the, God. But this, the, the 10 like this 10 minutes that happen is gives me some of my favorite lines because because Dana dies and Jade the only reason why Dana died this way was because Lacey Chabert broke her foot the first day of filming so they had to film her death scene where she was laying down so this ah! is why her death is this way it oh uh, they still could have done better with her just laying down yeah that's I what agree. I am saying but my I think I think one of my favorite lines I could is, do more laying down so, hey, you have <laughs> Pillow queen. <laughs> I love when Miss Mac decides to leave because Cody mentioned it. She's the only one smart enough to be like, you know what? There's dead people. I'm leaving. But I love when Heather's like, come on, we're leaving. And all you hear offset is Mr. L. Trackenberg. I'm not leaving Lauren, you bitch. You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> She I forgot about that. Come on. It's uh. so good. It's so freaking good. I also <laughs> love the line of when uh, they're tr- it's, who is it? Dana and Lee. And they're like, oh, it's a breaker. And she tells her, I'm not one of these daddy's girls that these bitches <laughs> hang out to believe. Well, why don't you go fix it then? Are you fucking high? Like, I'm <laughs> going underneath the house. Lacey Chabert, MVP. I, she's, I wish she was my final girl. This cast needed more screen time. Yeah. They needed they more screen needed time. More one-liners, because that shit was hilarious. Yes. And whoever, you know, gay ghostwriter that was writing this, like, <laughs> literally was serving it for, for us. <laughs> I'm not leaving her, you bitch. <laughs> You, it's it's so I think if they had shown her it wouldn't have worked as well for no, me. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I love all of this and you're absolutely right, Sergio. Like I want more of this. This film mm. would have been great if yeah. it was more of this. 
Oh, and she dies. Yeah, I forget. A lot happened. Wait, which one? <laughs> Michelle Trachtenberg. <laughs> skate, skate to the head, which was also kind of a weak kill, but I was also. I do for like it. the after effect, like when she plops down and half her head is off. I'm like, oh, cool. It's not an eye gouge, which is fun. Mm -hmm. This is very. Thanks true. for switching it up. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like all this. I this is actually like the parts of the movies that I like. I like when shit hits the fan. I think it's really fun. I do like it too. I do wish, again, I wish it was a little more spread out because then, mm -hmm. then we're just stuck, not stuck. Then we're with uh, Katie Cassidy's Ke Kelly, right? That's her name? Kelly. Yeah. Then we're just with her and her main thing for like a good 20 minutes of the rest of the movie. And I'm like, wait, like, let's get all the girls in here too. Let's get them in the action. Um, right. But it's, it's, it's so good. <laughs> it's like we finally get the girls and we don't get them for long. Like they immediately start getting knocked one by one. They don't get a chance to put up a fight for most of it, except for Michelle Trachtenberg. She, I think, did the most to like protect herself. And then also, okay, we need to break this scene down a little bit. So, <laughs> Michelle Trachtenberg, as much as I was like, oh yeah, she's fighting back. She also is kind of dumb in this moment where she kind of is like, I'm gonna hurt, and so like while I think it was Agnes, or we're still we still don't know who it is at this mm -hmm. point is on the mm -hmm. ground. She then is like, "Oh, let me still try to open this window," and then it's like it's stuck. Let me just wait until this person gets back up yeah. and tries to attack me. And I'm like, "Oh man!" You <laughs> always always double tap. You always yep. double tap. We literally just mentioned this like we're raising raise, like right now. This is, this is Ray's <laughs> biggest complaint. Always double tap. Yeah. Always double tap. Except for with Michael. With Michael, you triple tap. But Michael, triple you just run. get him down. Yeah, exactly. You get him <laughs> down long enough for you to make a getaway and you just never turn back. <laughs> but we also I feel like we missed like all the little scenes where like the people were in the walls and the floor and you just like see the eyes, little holes. Let's see. Oh yeah. That. Because there's a lot of like <laughs> There's a lot of <laughs> we because my biggest complaint with the people hiding in the walls. I don't mind. That's fun. Sure. Okay. You can see through a tack hole because that one. I know. You, you can't. I I said the same thing. Number one, you can't push the thumbtack through from the other side like that. Like the drywall is is probably at least a quarter inch thick on that house. And you wouldn't get a push pin the whole way through the other side that you could just like wiggle it out like they show in the movie. That's not realistic. But then you're completely right. It showed a hole that was then much bigger than a thumbtack would leave. <laughs> this, the amount of like, the, <laughs> this movie stretches a lot of your belief. My, I think my other favorite one is when Dana, is that who's in, who's taking a shower? Who takes Lauren. a shower? Lauren. Lauren, Lauren takes a shower. She's drunk. Cause she's cause she needs to sober up. Oh, the sober tile. sister. The tile. It just, I don't. It just like it pops off. The floor is not that thin. Yeah, the where floor you can was just super like. Super thin. I'm like she's <laughs> falling through that floor. This no. movie has bordered the people under the stairs. Get into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause like it's totally realistic that like older houses like this would have certain areas that are like that that are big enough for someone to crawl through if they really tried to, mm -hmm. like. Like older houses, they would run the pipes through all these chases. So it makes sense. It's like, it's not like it's architecturally not legit, but uh, yeah, I don't, a lot of these things <laughs> I really don't buy. Back in Lauren's room, she is awoken to someone in bed with her. When she tries to fight them off, she is stabbed in the eye with the glass unicorn from earlier. Kelly and Lee make their way back inside and see the shadow of someone making their way around the house. They seek refuge in Megan's room when they discover her dead body. 
Kelly figures out that Billy is hiding in the attic by calling Melissa's phone. After joining forces with Kyle, the three make their way to the attic. After Kyle throws open the attic door, a plastic bag is dropped over his head and he is dragged in through the attic door, shutting behind him. The girls fight to get in, but his body is blocking the door. Inside, Kyle fights off Agnes, Billy's sister-daughter. Agnes has the upper hand and stabs Kyle in the head with the infamous glass unicorn, right as Kelly and Lee discover the bodies of their sorority sisters. Lee falls through some hole in the attic floor, and Agnes makes her attack on Kelly. Kelly is able to fight her off, even gouging out Agnes's fake eye. Kelly tells Agnes, They're not your family, and your brother isn't here. To which Agnes replies, No, but my daddy is here. And we get a reveal of Billy making his way up the attic stairs. Agnes attempts at choking Kelly with Christina's lights and they scuffle and Agnes ends up falling off the edge of the attic, landing in the basement somehow. Agnes comes to and begins to climb her way back up as Billy makes the climb down. Both are inching their way toward killing Kelly. Lee finally comes to and starts breaking through the walls to save Kelly. After fighting Billy off, the two final girls set the house ablaze and run off into the night. End of movie. They just thank you. Bye. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Good night. Merry Christmas. This happens so fast. It's such a chaotic ending. There's yeah. fire. There's eyeballs. People are screaming. My favorite is when Lee just does the walk back. The no. Oh no. yeah. I, I love a classic soap opera moment. <laughs> this is, was originally technically our finale piece. You this can tell. Was, Yes, yeah. you can. How do y'all feel about this finale of Agnes's reveal? Billy's here. Do you feel like it's deserved after this wild ride? I think it wrapped <laughs> up really quickly, personally. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I don't like because the I, I did think it was not funny, but I thought it was kind of funny <laughs> how um how Lee walks up and she just sees a body with a bag over its entire head and is like, Claire, no! <laughs> <laughs> I she identified. Her shoes anyway. I was just about to say the shoes. <laughs> She's like, I borrowed those shoes several times. I know those Manolos anywhere. But you know, I, I, I it was a, it was a decent fight. You know, you, <laughs> someone falls down the chase, so, and then you got like people are coming in from both sides. Someone falls through the floor. You need to do that in an attic fight scene. It's just a required point of filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that I don't get is that Lee had this like magical sixth sense to know exactly what part of the wall Kelly was behind. She was pretty she, good at it. She but went she through up the like first time. three rooms to try to find, like just, she was like, this is where she is, right here in the laundry room. I didn't, I, it didn't make any sense. Girl, if you were stuck in between like the walls, I, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to give me some time. I'm like, hello? <laughs> Marco, Marco, I have to find out where you are. Cause I don't know. I just have to mention, I know not everyone can see this. I wish this was more of a visual, but when the line, no, but my daddy's here, everybody <laughs> visually, oh. uh, cringe, cringe. It's, 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 it's the line that Girl. you wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> like, ew. Like, <laughs> There are I moments like, where I was like, but my daddy's here would work, but I this this is not one of them. Well, <laughs> and I would also like to point out it's factually wrong because it should be yes and my daddy's here. <laughs> oh, my all right, guys, have a good night. <laughs> this has been great. Uh, oh my god. 
That was so wrong. That was so wrong. If I would have seen that in the movie theater, I would have walked on immediately, barfed, and then washed my hands. Uh, so our finale happened, and we are now at the hospital, the morgue to be specific. We join the employee handling the charred remains of the lenses when he hears a weird noise. When he goes to investigate, he finds one of the body bags open. Billy jumps out and kills him off screen. He then unzips the bag of... <laughs> sister daughter and they make their way to kelly's room where she's having a special moment with lee who opened the gift from her sister they wheel kelly out for x-rays leaving lee alone she's tricked by agnes pretending to be kelly and snaps her neck when kelly comes back from her x-rays she finds lee's blood splattered watch agnes makes her descent to kelly's room through the hospital attic but kelly is able to fight her off using the defibrillator i cannot say that word defibrillator your defibrillator you know what? I'm just going to cut it blatantly. I'm going to have you just say defibrillator. <laughs> I cannot do it. I've, just then, Billy reveals himself too and chases Kelly into the hall where they have the ultimate, I, I don't believe with that word, ultimate showdown. Accumulating in Kelly, tossing Billy over the top of the stairs, landing on top of a Christmas tree, killing him instantly. We slowly push in on the corpse treetopper, so beautifully lit. Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy faintly begins to play and we get a second title card. End of our movie. Okay. This... Woo! Go second title card. <laughs> this is... How do y'all feel about this This last scene with us? I, I don't know. <laughs> That's a, it's going to be a no for me. Yeah, it's going to be a no for me too. Um, if, if I can bring a, another horror band wagon uh, callback, we have an OSHA alert happening <laughs> oh, in this yeah. scene. Um, don't use laboratory glassware to drink out of. That's that's how you get really sick. Don't oh yeah, because <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he uses he just, like, a... a beaker and was like, I'm gonna pour some eggnog in here. But listen, my, my man flask. is my man is giving eggnog. He is my king. He is my eggnog king. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> With rum. I just love that this like extreme movie also has to have like some like grungy coroner who's like arguing with his wife on his phone. The early odds were always like, let's grunge it, let's make it dark. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the bone saw killing was not fun. Um, I, I ag agree with the point that I think you started to make as you were walking through things, which is that the drop ceiling, I do not think would support the weight of a human. Thank so, you. Uh, Two humans, they're both hiding up there. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very skeptical of that. I mean, other than that, I. It was just, you know, it was it was just a hospital scene. You know, she, she gets to use the defibrillator that's in this room for no reason and kill Agnes. And then she gets to have a what I can only really honestly describe as a scuffle. <laughs> <laughs> I will say they do make a callback to the original movie in this in this scene because uh, the hospital door is jammed. So the, the nurse is like, oh, I told him to fix that thing. Blah, blah, blah. And so she gets out somehow. Um, but it happens in the original movie, too. I think the front door, their front door to the sorority house is also fucked up and they can't mm -hmm. leave at the door. It gets locked at some point. That was fun. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> it was there. She was, it fun. was there. You know, I'm just I'm stealing Sergio's joke. This walked so that way Scream 4 could run. <laughs> I was just yeah. waiting for, oh, the yeah. for charge with the defibrillator. Yeah. No, Ray, clear. Say it again. Say it again. Clear. How do I? No. The, oh, defibrillator. <laughs> defibrillator. <laughs> say it again. Clear. Clear. <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about the life from Scream 4. I think Scream 4 did it better, though. Oh, I think yeah. that was a more like, you know, 
punch. You know, it gave a little more punch to it. And this one was like, we already had a climactic ending. We didn't need to have this. Yeah. And, yeah. and because I, I also think the other one did like a final fight better because you had yes. like the, the choking with the Christmas lights and you like stumble off the back of the the back of the floor and you fall down the chase. But here, I mean, the, the kill with the defibrillator. All right. That was kind of cool. I'll give that to you. But she hits Billy three times with a crutch, doesn't even knock him out, drops the crutch next to him and then turns and walks away. And he trips her with with with, with the with, crutch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You totally feel it. It feels completely yeah. tacked on because it all. Mm-hmm. You can also tell in Lee's death, Lee did not deserve this death. Oh, there was no budget so, at that point. They were just like, we're just gonna snap just your gonna neck. Put a sound effect in there. You know? <laughs> That's all we can afford is the snap neck. It's, yeah. It feels like the house finale was cut super swift so we can get here. I have a weird feeling that there's probably a lot to that ending finale I of the house so, yeah. that we didn't get, but we got- Release the director's cut. Yes, <laughs> release the director's cut. We deserve it. <laughs> well, you do in the director's cut is you have all the different options, but they randomly play. So every time you watch it, you watch a new movie. Oh my God. <laughs> So we are finally at the end of our flick, and we want to know your final scores. Are you going to rent the flick, which means you like it? Are you going to return the flick, which means you didn't like it? Or are you going to buy it, which means you loved it? And I know from everybody here, we're probably going to all buy deluxe special editions, aren't we? Uh... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in real life, if it came out with like a 4K Blu-ray special edition deluxe with bonus features, I'd be like, yeah, I'm I'm going to buy this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to buy this. (laughs) But if I have to ra- if I have to rate it, I'm going to. Oh, this is tough because I do I do enjoy the movie. I do I do enjoy it. It's a fun ride. It's a good uh, film to put on on your screen with friends and smoke up, drink, whatever. Like you know, be just as have a good time as possible. Yeah, being you know, make fun of it. It's a good movie to make fun of. Um, so I think I'm going to. I'm gonna rent it. I'm, I like it. Ooh, I'm like, I'm I dig. It. Okay. <laughs> I I originally thought that I was gonna return it, but I think I might rent it also. <gasps> I think because it, you know, it's it's fun enough to watch. I agree with you. Oh. I, I think that it would be like a like OG like OG Netflix stage where you rent it and then it sits like for a month on the back <laughs> of the counter. Oh, like collecting fees. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm not going to collect fees for this movie. Get it back. (laughs) Dumb and Dumber, maybe. I'll collect the fees for that, but not Black Xmas. Ray, what are you going to rate this one? You know, before covering it for the pod, I saw... I I have very mixed feelings now because prior to covering it for the pod and looking at it for the pod, Mm -hmm. I remember having very fond memories of this. And maybe it was just because me, you had a blast watching it and quoting all this stupid shit in this movie. Watching it for the pod and breaking it down (laughs) from a cinematic point of view, I'm gonna have to return it. (gasps) This is the hot steamy garbage mama there's (laughs) incest there's rape there's horrible lighting there is uh things other words (laughs) verbs adjectives no i'm sorry y'all i'm gonna return it watch the 1974 
Well, when you put it that way. <laughs> if you put it that way, I'm going to buy it, obviously. <laughs> this is your movie through and through. Of course, you're going to buy it. I'm, I, I am aware of all of its faults. I'm fully aware of all of its faults. This is just fun. I love mm-hmm. making fun of this movie. None of it makes sense. It shouldn't make sense. This, I'm renting. I like it. It's so fun. It's ridiculous time. There's some shit mm. I don't want in here, obviously, but that's when you take a smoke break. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And it is time. I'm so excited. You guys get to hear it first. It is time for a quick little break from our Sleigh Bells ride to celebrate one of the most important people we know on this show. Me! It is going to be my <laughs> birthday pick. And I'm so stoked. We t- get to talk about one of my all-time favorite guilty pleasures and everybody got to help me pick this one out we're gonna talk about batman and robin and i'm so excited joel schumacher's batman and robin the ultimate gay adventure so in batman fun gay it definitely <laughs> made me gay <laughs> it made an entire generation of gays this is the gay agenda i am so stoked bat nipples chris o'donnell Arnold Schwarzenegger going freeze. You gotta dress up as Poison Ivy. Oh my God. <gasps> Don't tempt me, I will. <laughs> <laughs> if you like what you hear, you can follow the Queens on Instagram at the Carpenter Queens. Our Twitter is at Carpenter Queens. My personal account is Nicholas Alexander Photography. And my personal account is at STFU Ray. We would love for y'all to leave a comment and rate the podcast wherever you are listening. If you love what you hear, hit the subscribe or follow button wherever you are streaming. At the Horror Bandwagon, would you like to plug anything? Nope. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, guys, I mean, first of all, thank you so much for having us. We are literally so freaking honored. We've been loving your stuff um, ever since your creation when you were born. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Seriously, thank you so much. Um, Obviously, if you guys can go ahead and listen to our podcast, Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can also follow us on Instagram at the horror bandwagon or on Twitter at horror bandwagon. No, the. <laughs> it's true. I don't know why I forgot the the in there, but it's just horror bandwagon. Uh, we also have a website. It's www.thehorrorbandwagon.com. We have merch there that if you purchase some, uh, all the profits are going to go to the Trevor Project at the end of the year. So please help us out with that. And we also have a YouTube channel where we see spooky shit. Yes, you can currently catch them reacting to the new Chucky series, which is so good. First of all, the series is amazing. And second of all, your guys' reactions to it are fucking hilarious. So please check them out on YouTube at the Horror Bandwagon. Yes, yes. Thank you. And also, yeah, Operator Queens, listen to them. They're amazing. Thank you. (laughs) I just want to say thank you so freaking much for being here. We're so honored to have you all on here. You guys are freaking hilarious. I had a fantastic time talking about this wild movie i'm sorry we put you through it (laughs) it was a choice (laughs) but that concludes this week's episode y'all thank you for listening stay safe and stay queer we'll catch you on the next one say bye Bye. horror bandwagon bye 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 b